Hi, I'm Sade. And I'm Christian. And this is episode 58 of Shades of Brown. Uh, uh, this week, we're gonna, we're gonna bring it back. We're gonna, actually, we never did that on this pod, right? It was the, it was, it was transposable that had the ridiculous episode of, of chat app discourse, right? Uh, uh, basically, like, we, we, it was a meme on this show. And then me and Ace just went through and did it. But I just want to, I I am an old grumpy person who has been burnt out by chat app discourse. And you know, and you know, I thought I thought I put it behind me. We had an hour and a fucking half of chat app discourse. And you what does Google do this week? What does Google do this week? They bring it back. They fulfill the meme. They go full circle. They go full circle. And like it's not just one chat app discourse Google. No, it's fucking three. So um, this week, Google announced a that their Sprint and Google Voice integration is dying. B that Allo is going on pause, and C that they're launching a new chat app, which really isn't a chat app, but is a backend service for chat, which goes through carriers and isn't encrypted. Nope. Called Chat. Chat. Okay. And, so, um, <laughs> like, for, just let me. What the fuck, Google? Uh, yeah, like honest, like <laughs> what? This is like the what? Like I've lost the number of attempts that Google has made, like to try and take on, like the comp- competition in this space, like iMessage or uh, WhatsApp. Um, but like this is this is what this is what they have. So this is ha- uh, something called Chat. Chat is Chat is this new app, right? It's not the new app. No, it's, no, no, it's, no, no, it's, no, no, it's no, like no. A, okay, okay, so it's like a so, protocol. It's not a protocol. So that's the thing. It's so fucking confusing. So what chat is not Google chat, not chat by Google, not chat series seven, uh, whatever, like fuck terrible name Google wants to put on it. So there has been the standard. It's been around for like a decade called RCS that no one uses. Right. Right. Like RCS is not a thing Google made. No. What Google did make, I think is a server, like an open source server. for Universal profile. Called Jive, right? Yeah. With the, the universal profile. For rich communication services. So essentially what happened was they, they had RCS. Google was like, right. And, and RCS is supposed to be like the working replacement to SMS. Right, SMS right. is terrible, right? SMS like is SMS bad. has always been a hack yeah. on top of like how phone networks It work. was never meant to be a messaging service. That's, that's actually what the, like it wasn't meant to be used as, as it is now. It was meant for carriers to do internal like messaging stuff, but like it wasn't like meant for like a mass use, right? But it got like stuff happened, and then people started using it as a uh, as a messaging service, right? Uh, but it's not good. It doesn't support, you know. It has all sorts of hacks built on top of it, like MMS, right? Uh, Basically, SMS, like it's like character limits. It's um, terrible. No, no rich like text stuff, and you know, I'm usually in the camp of like fuck rich text, but I don't know. I mean, it's, it's 2018. We really got to move on. Like, it's. it's not, are you saying? Are you saying saying I should put HTML in my emails? No, but uh, <laughs> HTML and emails is garbage because like it's 2018. Kno- we got to move on. Nah, that's nah, not have that. Let's not bring HTML emails into this discourse because that's not going to end well. Um, but SMS is just it's not it's not good in many ways. Like it's just it's it's just a thing that should probably you know we should start transitioning at least from SMS to something else that's, you know, more modern and it supports modern stuff like, you know, rich media and like, uh, 
like, like what else? Like, uh, I don't know. Like what targeted else? analytics? Oh God! Well, I mean, you what, what? Like, let's be real. Let's be real. What are carriers going to use RCS for? They could use RCS to sell your data to like Walmart, so Walmart can like message you and have some like interactive. So you remember how Apple has uh like business chat for iMessage? RCS enables a carrier to do the same thing. Exactly. So so let's like get into the carrier thing, right? Like so the, what the situation here is uh. So RCS is is a thing that a carrier has to implement. It's not like a, it's not like a service that Google runs, right? It's not a separate Google service. It it is something that the carriers have to run and have to deploy onto onto their onto the phones on their network, right? Uh, it's like uh, it's like a, like you know how you have carriers deploy APN so you can get LTE access. It's something that the carriers have to deploy like an RCS profile for you to be able to use RCS, right? Uh, and so, so essentially, uh, carriers run these RCS servers, right? Like they have these like RCS endpoints, and all messages, uh, RCS messages go through your carrier. Like they, they, they're they're over data, but they go through your carrier, and they're not end to end encrypted. Okay, let's get that because out. because you're not because you're, while you're sending data, you like it's it's weird, right? Because RCS, it's you have to the chat app itself has to use a profile to send only text, right, or whatever the reach, whatever MIME types are like supported by it. It's not like with data, right, where you're just literally sending raw bits and you could just encrypt that bundle on on like locally and then send that, right, right. So this this is this is the carrier the carriers are involved. So and it, and wherever carriers are involved, there's a lot of bureaucracy. There's a lot of uh uh concessions that you have to make to the carriers because the carriers are these like huge bulking like monoliths that like move very slowly right and, and uh, are embedded with government and are embedded in government so no end-to-end encryption first thing i mentioned that earlier so your carrier can possibly can definitely you know see your messages like they if they if they if they, ha- if they get an order from a government they, they can hand over like the so let me let me let me let me let's repeat this. Like they will hand they over will hand over yes because they already hand over call logs exactly. to police yep, law, yep. police law enforcement all the time yep, right yep yeah uh, and Google is like taking this with stance where like yeah we are going to be working with carriers which means that we can't really have E two E because the carriers are not, never going to go for it which is, I mean, yeah, the carrier's not going to go for it because it makes compliance hard for them, right? They don't want to They don't want to piss off the governments because carriers depend on governments to get spectrum, right? So it's like, it's, it's this whole mess, right? It's like carriers depending on governments to not be angry at them and not sell them spectrum. Uh, and and, and so in some countries, carriers are run by the government, so it's that's even like a different thing entirely, right? Like in China, uh China Unicom and China Telecom, these are all like run by the government. Uh, so okay, Google is working with all these carriers, right? They have a bunch of carriers on board uh, in, in various countries. So in, in Canada, you uh, we have two carriers on board. We have, well, actually three. Looking at this list here, we have Bell, we have Rogers, and we have Tel. So those are the big three carriers. So that's all big three carriers in in this country, uh, so that's that's Canada cover, right? Rogers, I think, already implemented uh, RCS. I think they have they have they were the first one of the first telecom carriers here to implement uh, RCS. And ca- uh, look at these states. We have, I think, Sprint is the one that already enabled. Every so Sprint enabled has it enabled. Um, 
T-Mobile says they're rolling it out soon. What the fuck knows soon means? And AT&T and Verizon have committed to it, but do not have a public roadmap to as when RCS implementation will hit their customers. Right. Um, so th- there's also the OEMs involved, I suppose, because OEMs are going to be... Like, yeah, yeah, basically, like every OEM except Apple's on board, right? I mean, yeah, I mean that that makes that that's that makes sense. There's also two OS providers, and one of them is Microsoft. Which, what, what is Microsoft doing here? Like, I, I like I'm not sure. Like, is Microsoft- Windows 10 with ARM chips? He's okay. So, in sure. theory, in yeah. theory, since now there's like number sharing and stuff between devices, you can you you can have that really shitty iMessage experience of devices of messages syncing from one device to another, and you you. But I mean, you don't want that. Like, we're going to keep going back to the fact this is an end-to-end encrypted because it's important. And oh my god, my HomePod just got activated. Who who almost saved? Almost I don't I didn't say the word, but almost saved us from like hearing Brockhampton in the middle of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> didn't want to get DCMA there, uh, but yeah. Yeah, so it's not end to end encrypted. No, it's not. But it's and we're gonna keep repeating it because this solves nothing. RCS solves nothing. That so what are the problems of chat apps today? <laughs> we're back in our discourse. We're back in our discourse. Uh your phone number is your identifier. Your messages are being read for like targeted advertising. Right. And government um, inception, right? Yeah. It's locked down to your specific phone and isn't portable. And it's uh, a fragmented hellscape with no real sense of unification. Um, and what does RCS fix with those? Nothing. <laughs> like, are your friends going to stop using Telegram or Snapchat or like Instagram DMs or Twitter DMs or because Facebook of Messenger? RCS? Um, no, no, nobody's like if like if people are going to be using. Uh, the chat apps they're going to be using now, they're going to keep using them, right? Unless they have a reason to move, right? Uh, and this, like, RSS is not offering any compelling reason, right? The only compelling reason is that it come, it will come pre-installed by default on your phone, right? Uh, and that's a big deal because uh, a lot of people actually just use the default chat app that comes with their phone, right? Like, it's not, it's not like... So I'm not like criticizing anybody for that. The it's default just, text app, you mean, yeah. not the default chat app. But it is going to be the same thing, right? Like, is, is that what's going to happen? Like, it's going to become like. Well, you have to realize though, for what. Well, so, before someone asks me, yes, I am aware that iPhones are not a huge majority of phones sold in the world. With that said, for me and you, when we say that most people use the default chat app on their phone, they're using iMessage. Right, like for Canada and the states, that's at least half of like the smartphone owning population are just using iMessage. And once again, like, is Apple ever going to implement RCS? Nope. They, not now. <laughs> but no. uh, do do you really think Apple would implement R? Like, the only way I can imagine Apple implementing RCS is if every time you talk to a green bubble, Apple will now flash. Um, this is extremely insecure. <laughs> like above it, right? Like they'll have like a broken padlock icon, and they'll just like talk shit like in, think, the, in the UI. I think if, if RCS is supposed to be the SMS replacement that it's supposed, like if that is designed to be, uh, Apple at some point will have to implement it. I think. That's, well, yeah, when like they're phasing out SMS, but how long are they going to phase out SMS? That's yeah, that's a good question. That's that's like what like ten years at least. I think at this point. Like, yeah, because I think 3G networks are still up, right? Yeah, 3G I networks. I know edge are, networks are now starting to like go shut away. down, yeah, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. In, at least in North America. In other parts of the world, a lot of uh, a lot of places still use 2G networks, right? Edge and, uh, 
edge networks still common in many parts of the world. You'd be surprised, actually. A lot of, like, places in, uh, like, uh, Africa, uh, some parts of Asia, maybe South America, I think it's, like, it's still you'll still see 2G networks because there's a lot of legacy devices, right? There's a lot of devices that don't speak anything higher than 2G, right? Or have very basic uh, data capabilities, right? And so you got to have those uh, stuff in place, right? They can't just transition away. It's, it's, it takes a while. But I think... Not and, uh, can you even do RCS over like 2G? I guess you probably, could, Probably, right? but, but it'd, it'd be very be like, slow, slow, right? It would, yeah. Message I mean, delivery wouldn't be instant like it is with uh, SMS. No, it would be slow because, I mean, you're using data network, right? And uh, if, depending on how how the data network is at, at any particular moment, right? It's even on LTE networks, right? Even on LTE networks, it's not like guaranteed to be fast because uh, carrier networks are extremely variable, right? From, it depends on like, you could you could walk like a kilometer and your carrier network can go to shit because like just for some reason, like there's a lot of buildings or like you're in a parking lot, uh, underground parking lot, or like there's like some weird signal interference that's like causing signal degradation so it's like uh it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna suck even more if you have like something like 2g or 3g right it's it's just gonna be not not gonna be great uh but so with with rcs not being a rolling standard like when if someone gives you their phone number and says like just text me right like even though they're using rcs we still can't be like oh i'm not gonna text you download signal because you're just like a I guess hot take. Don't be that person. Like, don't don't ever be that person. No, no, please. Unless unless they have a reason. Unless there's like a reason you should be using Signal. Say it's it's like sensitive communication, like you know, like matters that should be end to end encrypted, right? Uh, not like some person gave you their number at the bar and then you give them the lecture about Signal. Like, um, firstly, don't ever, don't ever give anyone a lecture at a bar. Yeah, I mean, I'm, that's <laughs> unless unless it's like on like how they on how they're being shitty about like consent or something. But like hot tip, like like the hot tip of this podcast, don't be that person who thinks they should educate people about like encryption at a bar. No, like <laughs> unless you know the person's also interested in encryption. Uh, don't. Well, that's not that's not like lecturing. If someone's like, oh, what what do you think about end to end encryption at a bar for whatever reason? <laughs> then like you know, go for it. Go like, for yeah, it. Yeah, make that made that connection yeah but right so like we can't just like say no to people using rcs because people are going to use it because it's the it's going to be the default option but it's still gonna be fragmented right because i have like a mix of like people who are sms imessage only and then wire and then some people use discord and it's just bad and, it's just fragmentation all about it. it's like it just creates it's, it's like no this is less fragmentation for android users and i honestly do believe that if rcs begins to roll out it's going to be more it's going to be more common and i but also, too, RCS doesn't have, like, good handling of, like, group chats from what I've read. Really? Okay. Like, from, like, I mean, it's... It's, like, it's still early days, but I don't know if group chats are, like, fully... Well, how, how is it implemented? Like, from I all actually I've don't read, know. It, like, it's... works like an iMessage chat room. Right. And anyone who's ever been in an iMessage group thread knows that, like, outside of three people, it goes to shit so quick. Although, although there's something to be said that these aren't the apps you should be using for like large groups to begin with. Probably not. Probably not meant for large groups in either case. Uh, I mean, yeah, like it's it's probably not designed for large groups. Probably only uh, small groups or like one to one conversations. But we'll see. Like the implementations are like not out yet. Right? Like I don't think this is any any of this is 
has this hit. is only in Google's stock messaging app and only work on Sprint right now. Right, uh, Sprint, the carrier that nobody wants to use, but uh, Sprint, the carrier that has a title exclusive. Oh, God, <laughs> yeah, they still have that. Yeah, yeah. Well, but the other carriers are implementing it. As I mentioned, like carriers in Canada, the one carrier at least has already implemented it, so you can use that. Uh, actually, I don't know if they have made any official announcements regarding this, but they. It's going to start rolling out in a few years. I, I would say probably it's going to be implemented by all major carriers in in major markets, right? Uh, it's going to be implemented in various markets, and it's going to start shipping with the next generation of phones. Is that is that what's going to happen, right? The next generation of phones is going to ship. No, it's going to be start with updates, right, probably, because right, yeah. these are app updates. Yeah, these are app I updates. Believe, yeah. I believe the SMS update in like a Samsung phone, you should update it from the Samsung App Store, but on, on, which exists they, for some weird on, reason. On, on Samsung phones, Samsung has their own messaging app, right? Like their own yeah, yeah, SMS yeah. client. But, but there's only one SMS app on a Samsung phone. Samsung phones don't ship with like two. So Samsung just has to update the messaging app to support RCS. Oh, right, they, that's what they did. So every, care, every OEM that has their own messaging app, right, their own SMS uh, they're going to have to implement support for RCS, right? Uh, which which also means that RCS function, like client functionality, is going to diff, like it's going to ch- look different from phone to phone, right? That's that's also a thing. Um, well, so basic feature sets like there, right? So so like if you so if you're using Google's uh, RCS implementation in the messaging app, you're going to get like smart replies in some Google Assistant stuff because, I mean, hey, it's unencrypted, so might as well scan your stuff and send it to Google if the if the carriers already get it. Like, who cares? Uh, leak all your... Leak it all out. <laughs> right? But... So you get that and then Samsung will probably have like, I don't know, Bixby. Oh, God. Bixby. Do things. Do, oh, no. Bixby integration into your messaging app. That's... Mm, nah... God. And you know, as much as I want to give shit for this, right? Like considering, so, but when it comes to chat apps, you have two options: you have the iMessage option, and then you have the Facebook Messenger option. Mm-hmm. One of having a username-based system that works a lot like how WeChat and other apps work, and another one which is like extremely integrated into your phone number. And some apps are sit somewhere in the middle, like Wire, right? Wire, you can use a phone number, or I Wire, mean, you can use a user technically, iMessage also works with, with email, addresses, email addresses, I guess. Yes, uh, Apple IDs, to be specific. Uh, so it's not strictly phone number-based, but by default, when you set it up, right, it, 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 it makes you set... Like, it, it, it really encourages the whole... Like phone number setup, right? It's, it's like you can remove your number from it, but it's like it's it's, it's kind of it, you have to go out of your way, I think, to make it happen. Uh, or you set it up on an iPad. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. That's like true. if you if you don't have an iPhone yeah. or you have a Mac, it will just set up with your, with your uh, Apple email ID, address. Right, yeah, right, right. But you can have it do seamless stuff, right? Where you can send a message to the phone number, or you can send a message email address, and have new chats on for the thing. There's options, but. The other option is the Facebook Messenger one, which is like this super encompassing, large and heavy chat app. And Google, I like like real talk. Like I'm, I'm still going to make fun of the fact that it's not ended encrypted because that's ridiculous in 2018. <laughs> but this is probably the best worst option. I mean, sure. I mean, like like we should demand better. Like, yeah, don't get I mean, me wrong. Yeah. Demand better, but from taking from Google's perspective, what else are you going to do if like all twenty of your other chat apps have failed? Yeah, like Google, like they just, I guess they just decided it's better to work with the carriers now. Like it's just, uh, I guess, 
I mean, they're already in bed with the carriers. It's not like it's like a new. Thing. And also, from an extremely, uh, I'm I'm gonna put my Jake my Jake hat on for a minute. Oh god, um, this is a real great way to deter uh, antitrust sort of allegations. If Google can say, "Well, look, carriers control the chat experience on Android phones. We're in an entirely open alliance with them." You know, I never, I actually didn't think of that, and that is a very good point. I think Google is probably not looking forward, look, not look, look, looking to invite more antitrust, especially from the European Union. Uh, that, that's why they probably haven't like done the iMessage option. Let's be real, right? Because yeah. if you make it so that you force every Android phone to use this one Google app, which is encrypted and only controlled by Google, that will have OEMs pissed off at you and carriers. Also, the governments, which is, which, yeah, yeah, governments. But then, like when you have all three of those fighting against you, you are in a much precarious. Like that's, you, you can be taken down a lot that's quicker. True, and I don't think even Google wants to fight all three at once, right? It's like fighting a war on three fronts is not is not what Google wants to do, right? So they they ally with the carriers, right? So so they don't piss off the governments, right? So the only thing yeah. is this this is the worst option for the users, right? So this that's the thing, right? This is the worst option for the users because the users get the short stick here. They get the Yeah, this is entirely like a political move. Yeah. The, so they do they don't get end to end encryption. They get like this carrier based model where they're dependent on the carriers to And they get like broken stickers, right? Because in an ideal world, stickers should be like not so they're their images, right? But they'd be like images is like some metadata that says, Oh, this is the sticker pack, you can add it easily, right? So these these new chat apps will likely have stickers, but they're going to be fragmented across every single app. The Google Messaging app, right, will have Google Messaging stickers, but Samsung will have like some horribly drawn. Actually, you know, what? I hope I, I want to. I'm going off of Samsung's emoji and how terrible they are. Don't at me. Um, but there's like a lot of like dope art that comes out of Korea. So hopefully, like you know, Samsung can like hire some like really great Korean artists and sort of like have them make good stickers i mean sure but it's i'm not optimistic about that uh yeah no no i'm not optimistic <laughs> samsung samsung did make the that their emoji set yeah that mm, yeah it's so so the so then this i sort of like wrapping up this segment i guess because this, this is getting ridiculous it's 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 not good for you it's not good for the users it's only good for carriers and possibly google right uh and 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 like once again people who don't have enough money to buy an iphone get fucked over on security mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i mean that's that's like we 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 have that discussion every once in a while we come around to that exact topic uh multiple times it's that uh like paying for security has become like the new uh thing right it's it sounds like paying for features too that are basic like so we weren't going to talk about it because like i don't want to make fun of android go again but ars technica had a great write-up of android go and it's basically like oh these are web apps that don't support all the features and it's like is that what is that what you get just because you don't have enough money to get a new phone pc like or, or a more expensive phone because you know like what the difference is between should be between like a quote like a cheap phone like a hundred two hundred dollar phone and a expensive phone like a samsung s9 or an iphone the differences should be how nice the screen looks how good the camera is and maybe like how fast it runs games but it like is there any other real reason as to why like 
every fucking Qualcomm processor has a GPS and a Bluetooth chip. Yep. There, right. Yeah. It's all built in like, now. Yeah. Like they're all, they all have like the DSPs or whatever they're called. Not DSPs, but like this, uh, tertiary chips. Right? Yeah. They the all little, have like, 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 so, like co-processing. Yeah, there you go. I mean, so I'm the thinking GPS of, and for the, like, yeah. um, Bluetooth for, yeah, for or like for the big little architecture stuff, right? So you have like the two chips that are really fast, like the two ones that I are I mean, low those powered. are the high end ones. I think the low end chips don't have the big little uh, architecture, but they do have the rest of the stuff that's like necessary, like Bluetooth, uh, GPS, Wi Fi, uh, like all the connectivity stuff, right? It's all, all there. I mean, that's not the problem here, though, right? Like that's, I mean, it's the, the stuff is in the chips. It's just the you software. Know, it's, it's the software. Yeah. yeah. It's like, that's what I'm saying, yeah. right? Like what I'm saying is like these, these low end phones have the hardware that are like a $200 phone today has like the hardware of like a Nexus 5 and some, right? And, and you, and it's like, why, why is this running shittily? Why is this, why do I, why, why do I get a shitty chat experience that's not encrypted? Like, why do I get all these terrible things just because I'm not buying an iPhone, also, right? And that's bullshit. Like, one thing that really stood out, like, I'm, I'm going with the Android Go thing, and apparently the Android Go version of Google Maps doesn't support offline usage. Like, what? Um, wait, what? Like, that actually doesn't make any sense, because, like, uh, if, if you have an Android phone, re- presumably Google assumes that you're in a market where data connectivity is limited, uh, and you would probably be making more use of offline maps. So I, I don't understand, uh, why Google Maps on Android Go doesn't have offline usage and doesn't support navigation at all. Uh, so, I mean, <sighs> Google half-assing things is like, I mean, we're not going to turn into like the Google hating apps podcast because that's like pentagonal, but like, <laughs> <laughs> like really. What is this shit? Uh, it's, just- it's like, and I, maybe this is a beat that some listeners might be getting tired yeah, of, yeah. but I, I'm going to, I just, I can't not let it go. Right. Like this is Barco and the MacBook keyboard. <laughs> like I can't let it go. Cause it's fucking ridiculous in 2018 for, for you have to spend like a thousand dollars to get a moderately acceptable experience. And even then like on the thousand dollar phones, like shit's not great either. Like how many times did we talk about iOS 11 being like a buggy mess? And like, I'm sick of this shit, yeah, bro. I'm, I'm <laughs> sick. <laughs> so, like, what the fuck is we, this? We, we should probably move on to the next chat up. I mean, it's is it, yeah, more chat up news. Yeah, if you more, didn't, if you didn't know, yeah. The, uh, so this this uh, next chat up is Telegram, and Telegram's in the news because uh, Russia was like, "Hey, Telegram, give us your uh, encryption keys." So you can run here. So this this new law in Russia where you have to give the government your encryption keys. And Telegram's like, we don't have any keys to give you. So it's like, no, like we can't, like we have nothing to give you. So it's like, what are you, what are you going to do? Uh, so uh, the Russian government was like, okay, fine. Uh, we're going to just, you know, block, block your services in Russia uh, on, on all Russian ISPs. Uh, and then Rus- the, the Russian censorship uh, so it's called bro- like okay, I'm gonna not say the Russian word because I'm gonna mess it up. I'm just gonna say like the entire word here, the entire like. So Russia's Federal Service for Supervision of Communications, Information Technology, and Mass Media. Uh, so the the censor we're gonna just call it the Russian Internet Censor. Uh, they decided that they're gonna enforce this law. They're gonna block Telegram, but they're also gonna just block a bunch of uh Amazon. AWS and Google Cloud 
IP address, like huge subnets, uh, like a slash 12, which is like a, which is like a million Google addresses, right? Uh, were blocked. Uh, so you, like there's this, the article we're going to link to has this, has a link to another, uh, website where somebody has been like down, like scraping this list, right? From the Russian government and like graphing out how many IP addresses are, are being blocked. It's like a lot. It's, it's like, it's like 220. 200 million uh, IP addresses at the point. Uh, so, essentially, the Russian censor is just using a hammer when they could have just, you know, blocked, like, the few slash 22s and slash 19s that Telegram uses. I, like, I, I don't, like, yay for government incompetence everywhere, I guess. I, so, like, um, I'm pretty sure I stole this joke from Twitter, but and I apologize, I don't remember who said it. But it's basically right. It's like 1984 promised us that government to be tracking us and surveilling us yeah. and like ruining our lives that way. Yeah. But what we actually got is that a bunch of incompetent fucks who can't even take down an app properly. <laughs> uh, it's it's like yeah, it's bad. It's, it's bad because a lot of collateral damage, right? When you start blocking this so much IP space, you're going to have collateral damage. You're going to have services that are not, tele- without chat apps, like completely innocent services that are like, like uh, one example I heard was uh, people were, weren't able to play Splatoon 2 because... Uh, Those monsters. Because the servers they, <laughs> Nintendo were using were like uh, AWS or Google Cloud servers. Uh, and so they got blocked, right? So they were an IP space that got blocked by Russia. So people weren't able to play Splatoon. Uh, various other services were getting blocked, like people, all sorts of sites uh, that, that used uh, AWS uh, started getting blocked. A lot of Google Cloud. There were some Mastodon instances that are blocked because just because they were in AWS space that was blocked or Google Cloud space that was blocked. So... Like the whole thing is like, like the Russian government is not is not very competent at it. I guess. I mean, I guess that's a good thing. But the the main thing here is Telegram. Right? Telegram's response uh, was like, yeah, we can't like sell privacy to the government. Like the privacy is not for sale, and they've been getting a lot of you know good press uh, uh, from, from good press because they've been like, oh yeah, they're they're this like company that they're like standing up to the Russian government. They're not like you know giving them the encryption keys. They're not like you know doing this and doing that, right? But like at the end of the day, Telegram's not much better than what we just talked about, right? Uh, RCS, right? It's not much better because it's not end-to-end encrypted, right? Uh, uh, by default, it's not end-to-end encrypted, and the servers, uh, the, the the Telegram servers store the messages uh, in in like clear text, right? So it's like it's not actually like. Like Telegram is not like the like not really the hero. Like I don't think Telegram's like a massive hero. It's just that Telegram is used by so many people because it's it's very convenient. It syncs across all the devices because it's not end to end. it's it has like really good native apps, right? It has good native apps. It doesn't have this electron bullshit. Uh so it's it, it runs nicely. Uh it's 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 it has stickers. It has really good stick. Like you can have custom stickers, and you can have these like large group chats that don't fall over. So, and also, um, Telegram has the furries. Yeah, Telegram and, is yeah. And you know, like I've I've learned something recently. 
the 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 real like white men are not the proprietors of new trends. No, it's the furries. It's 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 and porn companies. Yeah, it's porn companies too. Yeah. Like if you want the latest and greatest and gross late stage capitalism trends, go look at porn companies. Yep. And if you want like the the best and new trends and like art and like modern shit, you go to the furries. Yep. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, the, the furries real like. Oh. I use Telegraph for like one group chat. Like I don't use it much other than that. But like it's a group chat. It's okay. It's okay to admit you have a persona. No, I don't. It's I right. don't. <laughs> no, it's, no, that's that's like let's not just put that out of the way. I don't have one. I'm not a furry. Let's just put that. It's out. like um, I just want to just, just the joke yeah, here. Long running is joke. not that furry is bad or, or, or anything. Bad. Like I just, I just want I just <laughs> yeah, say yeah, that yeah. before before you being like let's just I'm not like categorically denying it. No, like uh, let, let it, we just say this. We we have um, we have just been hanging around with furries and the and the <sighs> joke. It's like an entrepreneurial joke at this point. Um, is that I am the like only non furry and network full of furries. So it's like yeah, I mean it's that's just how it is. Uh, turns out there are a lot of furries on the internet. It's who would have known? Uh, yeah, so Telegram is extremely popular with furries, right? Group chats, uh, one-to-one messaging. It's it is the service to use, right? Uh, how 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 did that happen? That's a good like, question. I, how, I how, how did how did furry like furries move from IRC? So uh, I guess if you're a furry and you move from IRC to Telegram, at yeah, me. please, yeah, I want to know. Like, uh, if any like if, if any like older furries like who have been around in the community for a long time, pro- probably know more. Probably know about why furries started transitioning from IRC. So if IRC networks like Furnet uh, over to uh, Telegram. Like group chats, right? Why, why is, why did that happen? What was like the sort of impetus? Like, is, was there like one particular person or was there like just sort of just people started using it because it was convenient, right? Uh, and it's easy to use. And then people just, they had like custom stickers. And is that, is that what that was? Uh, I don't know. If, if you know what happened, uh, please, please email us. Uh, there's an email on our site. We'll talk about that later, but yeah, just, you know, at us about why Fari started to move move to uh, Telegram. Like I, I, I'm actually curious at this point why Telegram. Uh, also, also, I I believe that it's worth mentioning that uh, Telegram has also been consistently blocked. I believe in China, um, Iran, uh, I think Syria. Sometimes I don't know if Syria is still blocking it. So Telegram has been blocked in many countries because it's been. Because Telegram has good enough marketing that I think activists are, are believe that it's it's a safe place for them to right. kind of uh, go uh, around. You mentioned because yeah. because a signal signal still requires you to use a phone number, right? And, and all and that Telegram stuff. doesn't. You don't have to, but it's like when you set it up, it it really encourages you to use a phone number, right? Uh, it's because you know contacts. Uh, they want that contact data but uh and and to be fair to be fair while telegram is probably isn't the most secure option in terms of can the government get their hands on your data maybe right like it's you're, you're obviously better off than using rcs like use telegram before you use like an rcs chat app but but i i don't i think like these governments are blocking it because they can't actually get the data off of no, telegram um- you mentioned Iran earlier, and, and Telegram is huge in Iran. Like, uh, there was uh, an article, on the, sorry, at the talk at CCC about a person to talk about why Telegram is such a, like, like a sort of like a, ca- ca- like, it's like a huge, like, it, it's not just like a, a messaging app in Iran. It's like a social network. Uh, it is like a, 
like infrastructure, basically. Like when you, when, when people talk about how Facebook is infrastructure, uh, that's how I, that's how uh, Iranians use Telegram. It, they use it for everything from news to like talking to people and all sorts of stuff. So it's like, it's, it's big in certain countries and it's like, that's why the government wants to block it because they can't get access to it, right? Um, so it's like, I mean, it's as much as it is not the most secure chat app, right? Uh, it's still being used by a large amount of people all over all over the world, right? It's not going to be st- not people are not going to stop using it, right? It's not so that people are going to just switch, but uh, so it, that's the story, I guess. Like Russia blocking Telegram, but it's not the most secure thing. But people are going to use it anyway. I think that's um, <laughs> which is which is like the story of like tech in general. Yeah, it's, like, it's not the most secure thing, but people are going to use, use it anyway. anyway. Yeah. And it's like every product, every product, ever, and yeah. and and I guess like. Maybe hot take here, but like secure enough is good enough in most cases, because especially if we go back to like threat model stuff, right? Like while we should go for secure communications and all of that, right? Like that should be a perpetual goal we're always striving towards. I think that like hell, right? Like use the password manager, use a chat app that's secure enough, and you're pretty good. Yeah, for yeah. Most I mean, things. Uh, if it, like someone's gonna get I to mean, your shit, they not, work hard like, enough, right? I mean, like let's just say that you don't have to use one chat app for everything. If you need, it's like if you need Signal for you know uh, secure comms, right? Like for end to end encryption, use Signal, right? Or use Wire, or use uh, maybe use WhatsApp. I don't know, depending on your locale or or the people you're talking to, right? Uh, so the, even even though WhatsApp is owned by Facebook, I think it's still okay to use yeah, it. Still, are, okay, yeah. They're using, as far as we know, it's right? Still they're still using, using the signal, signal protocol. protocol. Yeah, they're still using that for the end-to-end encryption. And in many markets, WhatsApp is still more very common, right? It's in lots of places in Europe. Uh, people are basically guaranteed to have WhatsApp installed, right? And and they use WhatsApp on a daily basis. So you're more likely to be able to use it in end-to-end encryption if you use WhatsApp just because of numbers, right? Uh, so that's that, I guess. That's our advice on, on chat apps. I think we're going to put the chat app discourse to bed for now because it's probably coming. No, 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 no. Oh. I am banning the chat app discourse. I'm done with okay. it. I'm done okay. with it. We're done with like, it. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm a liar because I'm it's probably, probably going to come back to it. That's what I'm saying. It. It's not, it's not going away. It's, it's, it's the perpetual discourse because humans are social beings. We create all these social uh, networks and social platforms and chat apps. Uh, so, you know, we, we could. This is the worst meme. I mean, it, it could be worse. We could be talking like, I don't know. Like web browsers, for yeah. example. We could be talking web about browsers. Chrome. So, next topic. Which brings us, yeah, next segue uh, <laughs> to Google Chrome's uh, redesign, I guess. Uh, the redesigning Google Chrome. It's in it's in the canary canary how do you canary canary, canary. That's, that's it's a uh, it's a, it's a retro it's a retro look. It's a retro. Google got Google got inspired by um, Firefox 4.0. <laughs> I don't think it was 4.0. I think it was like uh, Aurora. I think is what the Firefox thing was called. Like uh, no Australis, the old Firefox Australis interface. Uh, that's how before before Quantum before right? Quantum. Yes, that that, that is before. That was from 2013 uh, when Firefox had the uh, Australis interface, and that's that's what this. So this is like the material design redesign, right? It's the uh, so what are they changing? They're changing the tabs, right? They're changing how the tabs look, how the new tab button looks, how uh, like the the tab shape is basically like a 
what is it like? <sighs> it's it's just it's just upsetting. That's what I it mean, is. <laughs> it's it looks like less contrast. Like I don't. I'm not sure. Okay, so so. This I actually believe that this is like a bit of an accessibility problem because they're removing more borders, yep, right? So if you look, we'll have a link to the Ars Technica um piece, those screenshots in there. Yeah. Um, so there is even less contrast between the URL bar and the uh like address yeah, bar it's now, like or Omnibar, Omnibar whatever Google yeah. calls it, and that is not. Good. No, it's not. Piece of, no. Piece of, remember, if you remember, Chrome originally had like borders for every button and everything yeah, like that, yeah. right? And then Google slowly just started removing more things in the sake of like it being the most minimalist browser. But now I honestly think like this is an accessibility issue because I guess this is going against like brutalist design trends, but I'm like sick of buttons that don't have borders and are just like random icons floating nowhere, yeah, right? Because like it's, it's annoying, like using font and like color weights so like something's dark or something's lighter as the only indicator that this is something you should click is not intuitive at all Mm -hmm. and it's only done to remove quote-unquote right like oh chrome or like unnecessary like borders or whatever designers want to say but at the same time like have you seen someone use an iphone recently you don't know what you're tapping uh, yeah the iphone is a good example of where like uh sometimes just you know having like no depth at all right it's like this flat extremely flat lack of borders lack of distinct borders uh like all stuff blending in it's like mm, lack of contrast it's it's not good it's it's not it's not it's not a great it's also a thinner font weight if you look yeah. at it they lightened up the font weights mm. and what, what so like what's the point of this redesign what what new does it bring it's it changes the padding it changes the spacing of icons it changes some of the shapes of basic icons but it, does it make it easier to use and the answer is no it doesn't make this easier to use it makes it more line river fucking bullshit like design theory google wants to material design, today. yeah material design two or whatever they're calling it and it switches to using like product standards of google's new font in more places but that's that's about it. Yeah. <laughs> it, 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 there's no, the, it, the pure, like, this is like fucking RCS. The benefits for this is like political and like, oh, we're a unified company. <laughs> but when you're defi- when your design unification leads to harder to use products, then I don't give a shit. <laughs> yeah. It's right. Like, yeah. You're unifying, but you're unifying to what end? You're unifying to something that's not actually more usable and not actually better for you users. Like, okay. So let, let me, before I like, Go. I think I like. Let's give Google the little bit of benefit of the doubt here. Like I like. I don't think Google designers are incompetent. I think I think they're probably some of the most competent designers in the world. Uh, but they're also working from this like insular perspective, right? Like uh, I'm saying, like it's like they're working in this environment where it's like it's it's like I, like I'm trying to find the words here, but it's like they're they're designing this for the Pixel Book. And then they're scaling it out to every other platform, yeah. right? Because so what Google is doing is the same thing that Apple and Microsoft do, mm. but but Apple can get away with this piece. Apple controls the whole platform, and so does Microsoft. Right. Well, Microsoft can sometimes get away with it <laughs> because um, Microsoft, at the very least, technically has control of the platform and makes a bunch of first-party apps that people use. But it's like so Google has a design theory; they want to make everything look like it. And they're willing to break the conventions of a platform in order to get to that goal, yeah. which makes these apps more hard to use. Yeah. 
Um, the, the, and they're also looking at this on a perfectly color calibrated uh, monitor yep. in a fluorescently lit um, open office plan yep. while listening to Tycho, right? Yeah, like that's extreme. Like that's, that's, <laughs> Why like you that's gotta call out doing. Tycho like that? Like honestly, like Tycho is good music. Tycho, Don't associate Tycho's it with a designer in San Francisco. Don't associate right? like, with with tech bros at Google, please. Uh, but like, yeah, I mean, it's. Like when I'm saying they're insular, I mean like they were. It's gonna look good on a MacBook Pro. It's not gonna look good basically anywhere else, right? That's that's what what that what that means, right? Like it's like extremely like it fits in with a MacBook Pro, like a Mac a Mac OS look, right? Like it's sort of like the gray edges, like the it's becoming less gray, I think, right? And I'm not sure if it's becoming less gray or more gray because it's becoming lighter. Right? I think that's, but it's gonna look good on Mac OS, and it's not gonna look good. On Linux, it's not going to look good on Windows. I mean, it's, it's. Oh my God, just imagine this. Imagine this design, right? <laughs> and then on top, it's just a fucking like GDK oh, title bar. Oh, oh, <laughs> I, you know. And you know, and you know that's how it's going to look too. Oh, God. You know that's how exactly how it's oh, going to look. God. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not, it's not great. No, none of this is like, this has been a, this episode has it's just been us like talking about, tech stuff that's like changing but not changing to be in a good way right it's like mm. this is this is like designed not for the users but designed for the designers and that's mm, the problem yeah that's uh, like i don't know what the solution is like is there a what the solution is so fucking obvious what do you mean i'm, I'm sorry i don't mean to like yell at you <laughs> but like but the solution is that you stop fuck this minimalism and i say this as someone who loves minimalism i get it i I really do simplify remove things but then you know like add text to buttons add buttons add like shadows and not like one grand shadow (laughs) for the fucking url bar like i don't know it's actually pretty simple i don't know contrast is good have you used mac os snow leopard have you used like gnome 2 have you used windows 7 okay sure okay sure like the scroll bars are weird yeah and there's like other small things but you can like flatten those out without while still removing some of like well, without like ruining it, yeah. right? But but entirely removing all ornamentation and removing all sense of like positioning just makes it harder to use. Why can't your button look like a button? Why can't it have an outline? Why can't it have a drop shadow? What is so bad about like, that? Honestly, like I'm looking at Microsoft Edge right now, and that problem appears at Edge as well. Like it's not as bad as it is going to be in the new Chrome, but the buttons don't have borders, right? In Edge. So it's like these floating things. I mean, it's they're these big, like big icons. Like it's not like in like not like it's not incomprehensible what they are, but like they don't have borders, right? Uh, when you hover over them, they have there's like a, I guess a shadow. Uh, but it's like this this I like this new trend is not like it's not great. I, I'm not I'm not a fan of all this uh, lack of contrast and like. Where do I actually click to make stuff happen? Because that's, it's not accessible. It's not discoverable, right? Like, that's the word I'm looking for. Uh, like, discover. You know what we need? You know what we need? We need some saturation <sighs> in this shit. Is that a Brockhampton <laughs> joke? Is that what that was? It was. Oh, it was. It was. Was it bad? No, was I it mean, bad? it was good. I mean, uh, that was good. I guess Brockhampton is becoming like sort of some weird in- inside joke now. I don't, I, I don't know. Like, it's, it should be. It should be. The Brockhampton's a good yeah, meme. Yeah, I'm okay, okay with this it's meme. Good this shit. is a good yeah, meme. Good, good hip hop. Yeah, but but I mean, like, 
I have this problem too. Like, when I'm using like the Mastodon web UI, mm. like, why why are all the buttons just like lighter colored things? Like, <sighs> wh- why can't we add like a border to it and a drop shadow to that like button? Like, why is that so wrong? But why did we put a fab in the fucking web? No, the fab has a fucking drop shadow. <laughs> yeah, like, why the, can't the rest of this shit have a drop fab, shadow? Like, can I talk about that fab for a bit? Well, that fab's the only thing that looks like a button in the Mastodon oh, web that UI. That fab is so out of place, though, on uh, like any platform that's not Android, right? Like, what? What's? I mean, I get it. Okay, I get it. The majority of users are on Android. I like, I understand that, but like that fab just looks, and it, it's like weirdly blocking like parts of the ui and it's like you have to scroll down to get the stuff because it's being blocked by the fab oh, it's just let's not talk about the mass on ui because i feel like we're going to be here for another hour if you do that um so you know let's talk about more pleasant things um um so yeah speaking about uis that have drop shadows and nice things i haven't i haven't so static got a switch i haven't used the switch but i have a 3ds and i imagine that the ui is similar right where like nintendo has like clicky things and like nice tactile like sound effects and shit yep very um very uh so i i i just picked up the switch here and i just turned it on uh the buttons are look at this they have highlights they have borders around buttons who would have thought uh they have buttons that are like, uh, like when, when they're selected, it's very obvious that they're selected, right? It's not like there, there's like a little glowing circle around a button that's, uh, that, that's selected and you can press A to select it, right? Uh, and like the UI has this really tactile feel to it. Uh, like it has these sounds, right? Like every time you like hit a button, it's like, it makes this nice sound. Uh, and when you move around, it makes nice sounds. And you the font is very like, clear very like legible right it's 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 easy to read right it's it's like i, I don't know what font nintendo uses I, i'm actually curious if they use some like custom font or they like picked up a uh like a license some font that's really legible but like i'm looking at uh like the setting the system settings like if you just go to the system settings of a nintendo switch uh even at a distance the text is extremely readable uh and even if you put on the dark mode um it's a nice contrast between the text and the uh, and the background, right? It's it's all very clear uh, what you're looking at because a switch is also meant to be like you know it's meant to be read at different resolutions, right? It's meant to be read at uh, at on the on the screen itself because it's a portable device and also on a TV, right? So it's like also meant to be used in what they call kickstand mode, right? When you put it on a table and use the kickstand. Uh, so and you're sitting back and looking at it. It's supposed to be readable at all these different angles and uh, screen sizes and resolutions, and that's what like Nintendo somehow is like like doing really good UI design. Like I like I, I like I'm. I don't know if I should be surprised. Hold up. No, no, no. Don't be surprised. The 3DS had good UI design. The DSi had good UI design. Like, so even though the Wii was like this weird little thing that rendered out at like 480p, like the UI metaphor made sense. You were like going into TV channels on a TV and you would like zoom in and out of them. Like, it's Nintendo... Which is like interesting because like if you look at like we there's like articles about like Japanese web design and like I don't want to be that podcast that as Westerners talks about Japanese yeah, web please. design. Yeah, let's not. But like, <laughs> but but like Line and Nintendo's UI design yeah. is so well yeah. thought out. In contrast to like Sony, where like Sony doesn't know what the fuck they're mm. doing. Yeah, I mean, 
I, I, I agree in many ways. Like the Sony UI is like the only reason I sort of like it is because I'm used to it at this point because I've used the PSP, I've used the PS3. Uh, so I'm used to the whole XMB UI navigation me- methodology, but like the Nintendo design, like I was just surprised how pleasant it is to use. Like it's like it's, it feels nice. Like no part of the UI feels like you know it's like hard to use. Like it's it feels nice, and the buttons are nice and big because it's also a touch screen, right? So it's like it's good. It, it's that's what I'm saying. I got a Nintendo Switch, and the UI is good. <laughs> that's what, that's what that, is. that was like a introduction to a segment where we basically talk about how I got a Nintendo Switch. Uh, so yeah, I, I did get a Nintendo Switch uh, last week, uh, last weekend, uh, and I've, I've been playing The Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild, the the the, the very good game. Uh, I've been enjoying it so far. I have some few nitpicks about it though, like the like the the combat system is a bit not the weapon durability, but the whole dodge while you focus on an enemy is is bad because it's like. It's bad for multiple enemies because you can only, can only focus on one enemy at a time, and it's it's weird when there's multiple enemies on the screen because the camera gets all weird and you can't you try to dodge and you dodge the wrong way. Uh, it's 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 not the greatest combat system, but as an overall game, it's uh, with, there's this outlined article that you linked right uh, about like these games that are like really peaceful and like uh, about exploration, right? Uh, I think there was an outlined article. Oh yeah, yeah, that was an outline article written last week. That'll be in the show notes. Yeah, like these Japanese games, or like in, like these games where like this like sense of environment design, where like this music and this world, right? Like the, the world in Breath of the Wild is is gorgeous. Uh, it looks very nice. It's it's a very nice looking world. Like the, the Nintendo's design, as usual, is uh, like world design is on point. And as an open world game, it's it's pretty damn like it. it I play a lot of open world games, and, and like people. Uh, like probably sick of me here to talk about Horizon Zero Dawn or like the, the Assassin's Creed games, but uh, like Nintendo is, like made it a really good open world game. Like because I say this because I, the, I just came off from playing Far Cry Five uh, and then on Zelda, and I'm like in, in Ubisoft games, basically what what Ubisoft does is like you discover an area and then it's just there's all these like quote-unquote points of interest right on the map but in 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 zelda breath of the wild for people who don't know is is you climb these towers and then the tower just the only thing the tower actually does is give you a topological view of the map in that area but it doesn't actually give you any points of interest and you've got to manually mark points of interest by yourself and explore right so this is a game that really uh encourages and rewards exploration right like it encourages you to play around with the physics uh it encourages you to use those runes like magnesis and like cryonis to do solve puzzles to you know find little collectibles find little uh hidden items or like you know the easter eggs or whatever like it's it's a really open world game that i think even better than most ubisoft games really encourages uh exploration because nothing on the map is like marked for you, you gotta do it yourself. You gotta walk around. You gotta ride a horse. You gotta you gotta fight. You know these little monsters, and you know how's the how's the horse mechanic? <laughs> see, see, 
see, the thing is, I haven't ridden a horse yet. I haven't actually, like, I'm, I'm, I've beaten two of the four, uh, divine beasts, but I haven't ridden a horse. Like, to ride a horse, uh, you don't get given a horse. You have to catch one, like a wild one, and you gotta tame it, right? Oh, ooh. Yeah, so, so I haven't found a place where there's a horse. Like, I, like, I, I guess I just missed it, right? I think there's an area in the game where there's like a lot of horses around, right? You can just like, you know, try, like that's the area you go if you want to catch a horse. But I just haven't, like, I just been walking around the entire map. Like, I've been paragliding, using the paraglider to jump off on places and like, you know, uh, wander around, uh, into places, uh, use those uh, runes to do, uh, puzzles and like shrines and like uh do the story missions and side quests uh like it's really like all the side quests are really weird like it's like it's all these weird. there's this one thing where it's like you have to uh talk to this person about uh like you have to find like a shrine and you have to talk talk to them and like get some treasure chests. It's like all these side quests is like reminds me of like the Witcher three, like all these really interesting world building side quests that are not like, you know, just uh really boring side quests, but they're interesting side quests uh to do. And the world is interesting so far. Uh the only nitpick I was uh, the combat is is it's a bit <sighs> like e- enough has been said about the durability system at this point. I don't want to talk about it because it's like it's 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 just a thing. Like it's the durability system is a thing. You just have to work with it, right? You just have to account for it at this point. Like it's it's I'm not really excusing the whole like you know, weapons break after a while, even good weapons, but like it's just a it's just a part of the game. Like I don't think it detracts from the game that much for me, uh from to be a major nitpick, but that is there. Uh so I think that's all I have to say. I don't know if Christian you wanna talk about it a little bit. I don't know if you have any questions. Um, the last Zelda game I actually beat was Ocarina of Time 3D. Uh, no, Phantom Hourglass 2. I've only ever played Portable Zeldas. Okay. So, um, I will say, I will encourage you to, you know, you have a Switch right now. When the Virtual Console comes out, please pick up those old Zelda games. I, I mean, Wait, is the Virtual Console on the Switch right I now? I think so. I'm actually not sure. I don't think the Zeldas are on there, like, though, but, uh, if, if anything, like, okay, everyone's like, Ocarina of Time, best game ever. Do you, Phantom Hourglass, Spirit Train, so fucking good. The DS Zelda games are so fucking good. So it's good. interesting to me because I've never played a Zelda game ever. This is the first Zelda game I've like this is my first Well, well my my hot take, right? You you're first you're playing the 3D like open world perspective Zelda game. I mean, yeah. And yeah. my favorite Zelda games are the top down ones. I mean, that's fair. I think it's just like it's interesting to see how people come from different perspectives on this. Like people who have never played a Zelda game before and play this game, and it's it's like they don't have a lot of the same criticisms. I feel uh, that other people have because they they've been expecting a Zelda game, but in in many ways, it's missing some of the Zelda game stuff. Like like decent dungeons. Well, I think it's different from at least from like the I, from the from what I've seen, right? Because it's not every Zelda game is a decent dungeons. People look at Zelda games as so like rose tinted glasses, right? <laughs> yeah. Like let's let's be real. Yeah. I'm gonna talk shit about I'm gonna talk shit about Super Metroid for a minute. <laughs> oh boy! All right, let's go. Because there are so many parts of that fucking game that are monotonous to get through, <laughs> and you're like just in a stretch. You do the same fucking jump over and over again because you really want to get this one item, and you literally spend half an hour just trying to fucking wall jump. And people are going to tell me that's like good design. No, it's not really. Yeah. <laughs> but the game is so like, but like you remember like beating that hard challenge as a kid, so that's why you fuck with it. And yeah. that's fine. Yeah, it's, it's fine, fine, right? It's fine. But 
Super Metroid has its weak parts. And Zelda's the same way. Ocarina of Time is not a perfect game. Like, it's a game that gets tens, even though, like, the Water Temple is, like, the shittiest temple in, out of every Zelda game ever. Everybody talks it about the Water the Temple. the worst dungeon. Yeah, everybody talks. I've heard about okay, the Water so, Temple. Okay, so imagine imagine a temple where the puzzles are you, like, flipping switches to change the water levels. Okay. It's so bad. Okay. Like, yeah. just that concept, right? Mm. Because you, 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 have, you have limited mobility because if you walk underwater, if you're wearing the right suit, right? It's, like, water physics. And you're, like, dealing with that bullshit. And then you have to, like, just go from, like, room to room, raising temperatures until you, like, get the right combo of water levels and, like, platforms to move so you can get to the boss. Yeah, like, this, like, I, like, I, I don't really have a basis or comparison for, for this game, but I will say, like, it is not dungeon-focused. Like, it is not a game where you do dungeons. It, the dungeons are side, essentially content that you need to do because you need to, it's like an upgrade tree. Like, you need to get the spirit orbs that you get from doing the shrines so you can get more health or get more stamina um but it's not really a dungeon game the only decent dungeons i would like even even i can say are the ones that you get from doing the four divine beasts uh, i'm not going to spoil them because obviously those are story spoilers but uh like those are the only decent dungeons in the game, and so if you're looking for a game with dungeons, like if you are a dungeon kind of Zelda person, this is this is not the game. This is, this is a this is an open world game uh, that encourages exploration, and part of that exploration is doing little shrine puzzles to get spirit orbs, but not like these huge dungeons with these huge puzzles. Those are there are only like four of them, so. Yeah, that's that's like my basis. Like the all I've heard, like I've I've watched Joseph Anderson's like two hour video critique of Legend of Zelda before I started playing this game. So like, oh I, no, that sounds like I don't I don't know if I can do a two hour video. No, it's, on, it's like, not. Game not, not Joseph Anderson is a smart guy. I, like I, his videos are really good, and like I like I'm 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 trying to understand like, the perspective of people who have played other Zelda games and like. Like a lot of his opinions, I agree with. Like the combat system, I mentioned. Like the the the, the way the game handles like locking on to enemies. You can only lock onto one enemy at a time. I mentioned, um, and like dodging is really like doesn't feel too good. Like it's like when you pull it off, it's nice, but it's not the great. It's not Dark Souls, right? It's not. It's not. It's not that great. It's not. It's not that great of a combat system, but. You know, in a lot of places you can actually avoid combat, which is which is nice. But it's the combat system is not good. Like there is there's a lack of dungeons, as I mentioned, and the story. Well, I'm not gonna. I haven't finished the story, so I'm gonna like reserve my criticism until I finish the story. Uh, uh but it's a Zelda game, and fuck this trope. Like it's I don't. I mean, I don't it's full of tropes. Yeah, it's full. Anyway. Yeah, it's. No, I mean, it's full of tropes, but it's like the sucking misogynistic trope mm, of like, oh, you got to save the princess. Yeah, like, the save I the princess thing is, it, it's it's it, so fucking tired. Mm, it's so, I'm I'm I don't. And the worst care. part like, about it is like, like everybody in the world is like telling you to save the princess. It's like this collective misogyny. It's like this weird like I don't understand what's with this Nintendo. Like I don't know if they can't write out of this trope or whatever, but like there's a lot of like fam, fam characters in this game that are like really strong women, like really powerful and strong women. And then in a dialogue cutscene, they go tell you to save the princess. And I'm like, mm, it's a cognitive dissonance. Maybe I, I, I don't 
Like it's I like, I don't understand like the story. Yeah, that bit of the story is yeah, not nothing new to see here actually on that front. Uh, and I guess to be fair, I'm I'm not that much of a Zelda fan. No, I, yeah, I care fair. much more about Metroid. Like <laughs> I know you don't Metroid know like games, how. So. Please, please. There got to be. There's some on the Switch. Are there? Are there? I don't like, know. I could check the store. <laughs> you got to play some of these Metroid yeah, games. I'm, I, I'm willing to try it out. I'm not opposed to because I will buy a Switch. I will buy a Switch. I will download all the Metroid games. We'll play them together for the fucking podcast. Like I, I like I have I have a whole wish list of of Nintendo games that I'm like I want to play like uh, Bayonetta remastered is coming I think to the Switch right. Uh, uh Splatoon obviously. Uh, Super Mario. I've never played a Super Mario game, by the way. Uh, Not even Super Mario Run. Ah, uh, uh, no, I haven't actually played Super Mario Run. Um, I just never, why? I just never got around to it. I guess, like it, it I don't know why. I, I just didn't we fucking talk about it on the podcast. I think we did, but I, I don't think I actually played it. I never actually installed it. Uh, so, pro tip: Sadik doesn't prepare for podcasts. I mean. <laughs> I'm, it's, I don't know. We had like some complaints about microtransactions. I don't. I actually don't remember Super Mario Run all that well. But yeah, I've got a few things. I've got Kirby Star Allies. I've never played a Kirby yo, game. Yo. Like, here's my okay. You know, fuck it. We're doing Nintendo hot takes. Nintendo hot takes. <laughs> Kirby Metroid best series. Don't at me. <laughs> that's that's somebody's gonna. And at Metroid. You. <laughs> uh, no, 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 no. This is the one they'll at me about. This is me being messy. Metroid Other M was a really great game, and I had a fun time with it, and I enjoyed the story. Even if, arguably, I will concede, even ruining the take a little bit, <laughs> the spiciness of it, I will concede that like the characterization of Samus was extremely strange and like reeked of men writing about women mm. and their experiences. That seems to be a common Nintendo problem, I think. Uh, but yeah, continue. Yeah, all n- none of the women in Nintendo are like senior writers or like ones leading the projects it's always like miyamoto being like what if girls got saved yeah it's the only trope it's like i don't understand uh but yeah it's i mean super mario odyssey uh obviously uh, that's on the list uh what else what else should i be playing on the switch i don't know but like i don't know just buy all the games they're expensive. They're all like full price titles, but uh, like when Metroid comes, like for real, like you really gotta. Metroid's good. Metroid's piece. Metroid's something that's right up your alley. Like is it? Metroid okay. Prime. Yeah. Okay, you know what? Metroid Prime Three has levels that will like compete with the cartographer in Halo One. Ooh, Metroid Prime One does. Metroid Prime you Two just sold me on in the it. trilogy and the trilogy collection. Um, is good, but the original Metroid Prime 2 wasn't because of the GameCube controls and some weird difficulty spikes. Right, right. But Metroid Prime 1, so, because Metroid Prime is like an over, it's like a open world shooter, but it's like not really open world. You can kind of like hop around if you want to, but it's like, so it's like one big play box, right? That you unlock one set piece at a time. But you, but this Metroid has a lot of backtracking, right? You like, you see one area in the first level you can't get to unless once you get this one unlocked item, and then you have to go back uh, to the later right. to get the, to the, the next level. The whole key card thing that that was in Doom, uh, where you have to collect it. But it's done a little, it's done a nicer. Yeah, it's a little than, nicer in, in Metroid. Yeah, but like, I like, I'm planning on picking up like Splatoon is going to be probably my next game that I pick up because I just need like a nice multiplayer game, right? Uh, like a game that's not toxic, you know, like. Hint, hint, Overwatch, uh, because I'm getting sick of Overwatch, I think, at this point. Uh, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Uh, 
Kirby Star Allies and Super Mario Odyssey. And so when Bayonetta comes out, I'm probably going to pick that up too. Because, but I'm absolutely garbage at character action games. So, I mean, uh, we'll see how that works out. But uh, yeah, that's, I mean, we're running long now. So I'm going to probably end the segment. We're probably going to wrap this up. But yeah, I got the Switch. Uh, at me. I'm not adding anybody on friend codes and stuff. I'm just, I'm just playing Zelda right now. So, the, please don't ask me to add you at this point. I'll, I'll probably reach out to people uh, when I get like a multiplayer game like uh, Splatoon or Super Mario Kart. Uh, yeah, so no friend codes for now, but yeah. Uh, Christian, where do people find you on the internet? Because um, I'm at Chosefine at Instance.Business if you want to yell at me about my choice of <laughs> Metroid, Metroid games. <laughs> I love I love all Metroid games. That's, like, you know, I mean, there's only... I, I rarely fan or fangirl, fan person, whatever. Fan. Whatever the general neutral term. Fan. Fan, B? I guess. Fan. Stan. 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 Fan. B? No, Stan. 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 I was, Stan. Let's go with Stan. 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 Let's go with Stan. Yeah. yeah, I only stand for Halo and I stand for Metroid. Those yeah, are the only two game yes. series I care enough about yeah, to, to yeah, stand yeah. for. That's, that's... And um, get get static on Metroid. I mean, it sounds like it's <laughs> up my alley. Like I'm, I'm definitely like, like I'm checking out all like, the Nintendo. Like, like I, like, I've genuinely been saying for years, just fucking download an emulator and play old Metroid I games. Said, see, said, the reason I don't want to download emulators is because, like, problem with emulators, or rather, problem with playing games emulators because. Games with outdated control schemes and design techniques. Uh, well, well, then I don't know. Then get it when it comes to virtual yeah, console. I, I will there, probably get it. Probably I'm not, do don't it. worry. I'll, I'm like I bought this console uh, to play video games on it, uh, and and the video games I want to play out the Nintendo exclusive games because that's why I got this console. Uh, so yeah, I'm looking forward to checking out Met, the the trilogy. I think the remaster or whatever. It's no. So tr- trilogy is only on the Wii U and not on the Switch. Oh, okay. But Metroid Prime Four is coming. Okay. okay. And honestly, I'm gonna be real with you. I'm going to be real with you. You should just maybe pick up a Wii U, like that. If you can get one, no, like for no, 50 no, bucks no, I'm cheap. not. I'm not picking up. I don't need. I already have three consoles. I. You don't need a Switch. Don't fucking lie to me. I know. I you wanted to play Zelda. That's to. why I need a Switch. Come on. <laughs> come on. Like, stand with me here for a moment. Uh. Yeah, like I want to. Yeah, I'm gonna go stand. You know, like let's let's. I'm gonna stand somewhere else and play some Halo Five. Let's end this podcast. All right. Yeah. Oh, you can find me <laughs> on Mastodon. You can uh, talk to me about Nintendo games. I guess uh, nostalgia about them. I guess whatever. Uh, at Static Safe at Mastodon dot dot com, and you can find the show notes at Two Shades of Brown dot com with the email address on the sidebar. Contact at Two Shades of Brown dot com, and with that, goodbye. No HTML email, please. (laughs) Yeah, bye. Bye.